Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show. It is Thursday, May 11th, and this is On Deck. I'm Stephen Nesbitt here with Levi Weaver getting you ready for the weekend games ahead. We made it, Levi. Almost to the quarter pole of the season. First place teams, Rays, Twins, Rangers, Braves, Pirates, not Dodgers. Not a single outlier there. Normal stuff. Proceed. Just as we all expected and predicted and are making tons of money from gambling on. Today's episode, we are going to talk about the Mets, of course, because why would we not talk about the Mets when they're doing what they're doing? We're going to touch on a few of the top series coming this weekend. We're going to make our picks for the arms race competition. This is our first inaugural official foray into the arms competition, and we are going to share our favorite quiche recipes from our grandmothers. Stephen, back to you. Did not have that one coming. I actually have a, a ton of quiche recipes. That's one of my favorites. Do you really? I, I had an incredible quiche uh, just the other week down in Boston. We went to the Children's Museum, stopped by a, a bakery. I have right derailed the show by. already. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was on, on quiche, not on deck. So the Mets, 17 and 19, as we record here Wednesday afternoon, have one game left in the series against the, the Reds, which has not gone so well so far. They are under 500. Buck Showalter's out here getting run. Max Scherzer is out here getting hurt after he got run for sticky stuff. Levi, what's wrong? What's happening? How do they get better? The obvious thing that's wrong is they've got 10 pitchers on the injured list. You know, they've got Dominic Leone currently in the bullpen. And I didn't realize that until I looked today. He was in spring training with the Rangers. I talked to him. Good music guy. And I'm like, wait, is that the same Dominic Leone? Yeah, no, he's pitching for the Mets right now. Couldn't make the Rangers bullpen, but he's pitching in the Mets bullpen. And yes, you know, some of those guys on the injured list are not big names, but some of them are. They're closers there, for instance. And yeah, Scherzer is, uh, man, you just, you hate to see your heroes become mortal, but that appears to be what's happening. And their offense too, they, they've only got two position players on the injured list, but here's a, a quick quiz for you. Brandon Nimmo, he's hitting 300. Jeff McNeil hitting 280. Do you know who has the third highest batting average on the Mets right now? Brett Beatty. No, it's, it's Vogelbach. Daniel Vogelbach is hitting 257. That's the third highest batting average on the Mets. So yeah, everything is going wrong. And it's it's possible that over the weekend, the Nationals, if they sweep them, could be ahead of the Mets in the standings. Yeah, and the Mets, uh, they lost two, two of three to, to the Nationals just last month. Like it's happened before. This is not the uh, rollover and play dead Nationals that we were kind of anticipating seeing this year. They're they're young, they're interesting, and and they're they're getting better quickly. You pointed to the, the struggles in the rotation, of course, and they are obvious. They are... Mixing and matching David Petersons and Joey Lucchese's and Tyler McGill's, which are good ball players, they're doing a fine job for the most part. But that's not what the Mets signed up for, and they famously paid a lot of money to have the honor of, of employing a lot of these Hall of Fame bound pitchers. And this rotation started falling apart before spring training even began. I mean, it's a rotation that averaged 36 years old, and then Jose Quintana gets hurt before spring training. Justin Verlander gets hurt. Cookie Carrasco gets hurt. Max Scherzer gets suspended and then hurt. You know, kudos to Kodai Senga for the way he started his MLB career. They've needed him. They've needed him badly, and he's he, he's shown up. But uh, this is a problem of roster construction and, and, I guess, relying on sort of post-prime veterans that 
I guess if it pays off, it looks good. But, man, they're in a position where, sure, you're tied with the Phillies, but I feel like the vibes surrounding these two teams are, are, are way different. Yeah, and while we're handing out small kudos in the absence of sugar, they've the closer David Robertson has looked pretty good. I mean, I'm looking here, his ERA right now is uh, at time of recording 0.63 in 14 of the 30 innings pitched. So, yeah, until they find some billion-dollar cloning machine that they could certainly afford, that's not going to be enough for them. They need to turn it around and quick. In the lineup, it's some of these sort of more, not role players, it's regulars, but these guys like uh, Mark Canna, and Starling Marte, who you thought were just pretty steady Eddie players. You knew who they were. Marte is going to give you a decent average and great speed. Canna's going to give you pretty good on base at the bottom of the lineup, and, and that just hasn't happened for them. They, they just developed some black holes on a lineup that you thought was going to be pretty potent. And it kind of feels like we had this conversation before about the Mets, but after their spending spree this offseason, thought maybe they'd bought their way out of some of those problems. And, you know, here we are almost 40 games through the season, and the Mets are still stuck in a, a pretty perilous spot in a, in a really good, really good division. Yeah, both of those guys have on-base percentages under 300 right now. Canna's at 297, Marte's at 298. That's not going to cut it. It is time to introduce our top series of the weekend to watch. We've got one main series. Each of us have another series we'll touch on. The main series we're going to talk about, Atlanta and Toronto. What can you tell us, Stephen? The story for Atlanta has been that they currently have probably the two maybe like leading NL MVP at the quarter pole candidates when Sean Murphy is one of the best hitters in baseball right now. He's got a 1.076 OPS. Ronald Acuna leads the NL in steals. He also has an almost one dot OPS. And it is probably more funny to me than it should be that <laughs> at this very moment, the top three hitters in baseball uh, by OPS are Brent Rooker, Sean Murphy, and Matt Chapman, once in, once in feature A's. So we got oh, Oakland oh, catching straight left and right over just, here. <laughs> even when I try to be nice to the A's, it just keeps coming up. It won't go away. I feel bad for the A's fans. But we're talking about the Braves right now. Max Fried is back on the injured list. He had a forearm strain. Fortunately, he will not need Tommy John, but he's going to be out for a little while. And from the opening day rotation, all they have left is Spencer Strider and Charlie Morton. You would think that that would put them in a position similar to where, you know, we're talking about the Mets and the Yankees with all of their injuries. Uh, no, Braves are fine. You know, Bryce Elder's up. He's got a 3-0 and record with a 174 ERA. They're probably going to replace Freed in the rotation right now with uh, maybe Dylan Dodd, Jared Schuster, could be Michael Soroka, all capable. I mean, you know, two rookies and a guy that has been very good in the past at times. So their rotation currently, as of Wednesday afternoon, stacks up to be TBD, TBD, TBD. And I think they're still the favorites to win the series. <laughs> well, on the other side of that matchup, it goes Bassett, Berrios, and Kikuchi for the Blue Jays. And, you know, Berrios has been better lately. And Kikuchi is... Coming on in a way that I think a lot of people have written him off coming into this year, and it's just too much, too many command problems, and so inconsistent. And he's come on in a big way, but really, it is the the meat of their lineup that is carrying to them where they are today. We have in this lineup three of the top AL hitters by WRC plus. Matt Chapman has been raking, also walking. Bo, Cha uh, Bo Bichette is just a, a hitting and contact machine. Vlad Guerrero is Vlad Guerrero, maybe not like the contending for MVP with Shohei Otani type Guerrero we saw two years ago, but still very, very good. And so I think the Blue Jays are in a good place, again, in a division that has been dominated so far by, by the Rays, and we'll see many more matchups there. But, you know, one note I had about the Braves, especially at this point, is they, they've only played 15 of 37 games so far against teams better than 500. And the schedule for them does start to 
strengthen coming up. You know, they, they just went through Baltimore and Boston, but they're going to get Toronto, Texas, Seattle, LA, Philadelphia. And so the path ahead does get significantly more difficult for them. Um, you can kind of say that about a lot of teams here after some easier Aprils, but Toronto definitely represents a big test for an Atlanta team that has sailed through the season so far. So my second series that I wanted to talk about a little bit, it's the same one I would have picked last weekend. It's the Dodgers and the Padres. I did consider Mets and Nets, but we talked about the Mets already. I also think Pirates-Orioles could be a chance for uh, the Pirates to prove that maybe it wasn't a fluke by beating a good team. But no, let's go Dodgers-Padres because that has been an interesting matchup for a couple of years now. It will continue to be an interesting matchup. It wasn't that long ago that we were asking what was wrong with the Dodgers, but they are eight and two in their last 10 games. While you're talking about like hitters that are maybe, maybe surprising. I, I was looking at the Dodgers lineup to see who they're, you know, who's doing well, who's doing not their three top hitters, Will Smith, Max Muncie, and James Altman. Smith has an OPS of over a thousand. The other two are in the nine hundreds. Those probably aren't the three guys that I would have picked coming into the season to be their best three hitters, but they're keeping them afloat. Meanwhile, shortstop is still a black hole there. Miguel Rojas has a 430 OPS. Chris Taylor gets to play there sometimes, but he's still only hitting 207. I don't know. I want to say the Dodgers have the edge here because, again, you know, the Padres have had struggles of their own, but Machado homered. Soto went four for four in their 6-1 win over Minnesota. It's one game. We can't really call that a, a corner turned just yet, but there are signs of life. And the Padres were one, one out away from winning that series last weekend. So we'll see who the Padres are going to run out on the mound. They are also currently straight TBDs. But it looks like it could be some combination of Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, and Hugh Darvish. Meanwhile, the Dodgers will counter with Dustin May, Julio Urias, and Tony Gonsolin. It's just good baseball all around. I mean, good pitching rotations should be good offenses if they perform the way that we expect. That should be a fun series to watch. My series to watch is the Rays, the MLB best Rays, um, heading to the Bronx to play the Yankees, a four-gamer there. Tampa Bay just took uh, two or three from the Yankees last weekend, but this is a little bit of a different Yankees team, had a little better lineup with Aaron Judge back in the lineup, and, and they're taking care of business currently against the Athletics. Both teams kind of have tough stretches ahead. I do think this could be a, a pretty defining moment in the early portion of the season for both. You never get any breaks in that division schedule, and then with the the more floating nature of the rest of the schedule this year facing everybody. There just aren't a lot of breaks. You're not going to hit, you know, play that fifth place team a bunch of times. And so this is the point of the season where I think that the Yankees are poised to try to put a foot down, but they need health. They need their starting pitchers back. They need their offense clicking at a level that it hasn't yet as they have missed judge and Stanton and Donaldson. So big series to watch there in the Bronx. And if the Rays, I mean, if they pull this one out and they're headed already over the 30 win mark, what's the old saying? Like you're going to win 60 games in a season. You're going to lose 60 games in a season. It's about what you do with the other 40. Does that math make sense? I think that's right, man. To be cruising past the 30 win mark at this point is uh, pretty absurd. All right, Levi, step into the on-deck arcade for our weekend games. Uh, you know, we started off with the homer chase, and I made the unwise decision to pick Anthony Rizzo because he had the Oakland A's on tap in the Bronx. And what has he done? He's reached base as of recording six times in three games and not a single homer to count to his credit. Uh, however, Luis Robert got one Tuesday, and so you're ahead one nothing. But let me introduce our weekend game. This is a this is going to be a good one. I think the, the folks are going to like this. So we go to head to head each weekend. Your starting pitcher against mine. We can only pick each starter one time per season. So how do you score starting pitchers? 
you know, there's only one way to do it, obviously. The unimpeachable metric, game score 2.0. This is a stat, Levi, so good that creator Bill James said after making version 1.0, it's kind of a garbage stat that I present not because it helps us understand anything in particular, but because it's fun to play around with. I mean, how can we ask for anything more? That's, that sounds like my tweets. <laughs> so thank you to the to the good folks at Fangraphs for presenting GameScore 2.0 on their site. Takes into account outs recorded, strikeouts, walks, hits, home runs, and runs scored. It is the truth as we know it. Levi, what's your pick for week one? It can be none other than the rookie. I'm taking a rookie. First, first go here. Bryce Miller. In his first two starts, he is uh, 1-0 with an 075 ERA. He has 15 strikeouts and i believe just one yeah just one walk and not only that he's going up against one of the worst offenses in baseball and the detroit tigers give me that first week win with bryce miller of the seattle mariners buddy you left open some possibilities for me i thought you were going with one of the astros hunter brown or jp france against the white Sox. left those for later i'm gonna go with corbin burns against the royals on friday he has not been the the typical Corbin Burns, and so I worry a little about how deep in the game he'll go, but it's the Royals. It's one of the worst teams against right-handed pitchers and probably against left-handed this season. I like that pick, but I do like you coming out hot with a rookie. That's 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 the Anthony Rizzo of, of um, arms race picks. So we'll, we'll check back in <laughs> well, after the weekend. That didn't go great for you last week. <laughs> We're going to get out of here. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. You can get the Wind Up, our daily newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal in your inbox every weekday for absolutely free. Subscribe to The Athletic for $2 a month for your first year by going to theathletic.com slash baseball show. Levi's on Twitter at 32EFIS. I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. We'll be back Monday with more of What's on Deck. Oh, dang it. We forgot the quiche recipes.